The IDP Pro Players Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. And with spring kicking off right now, they are having the best deal of 2023. Just head over to ShadyRays.com today and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And don't forget, always go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady and enter the latest Shady Rays Parlay of the Day contest. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Draft Week, where all week long SGPN has you covered. With draft props, mock drafts, and our live NFL draft watch party, so make sure to smash that subscribe button quick at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. The IDP Pro Players Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here's your veteran, infamous No Dirty O in season and senior IDP pros, Johnny the Greek and Gary, the IDP tipster, coming off the edge as always with their deepest standard league NFL defensive takes. Welcome back to the IDP Pros Podcast. My name is Johnny the Greek. I am joined this week with the band, the myth, the legend, the senior IDP analyst for the SGPN Network, Mr. Gary Van Dyke, the IDP tipster. Gary, how are you, sir? You're muted. Every fucking time! <laughs> Every fucking time! I'm doing great, John. I'm doing great. All right. And this week we are joined with a special guest, at Dynasty Trip with two Ps, a contributor for the IDP show and a writer at footballguys.com. He's been doing this for a long time. He is excellent at it, and he's going to help us big time with these rookies tonight. Trip, how are you, sir? Well, I'm great, man. I appreciate the kind words. And and, and you all starting with Gary, they really helped me because I'd have been on mute too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about some football. I'm locked in onto that. The technology, not so much. That's not my strength. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all right. We'll get through it. So so if anyone didn't tune in to the 10 a.m. show today, you missed a lot of good stuff. These guys covered many of the big names from the first round, and that's what we're going to keep on doing. We're just going to pick up right where they left off, cover all the IDP-relevant players, where they landed, what their value looks like, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to pick it right back up with Miles Murphy, defensive end, who went to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Trip, let's start with you. Thoughts on Mr. Murphy? Yeah, I, I was excited to see Murphy go in the first round and on a good defense. I, Murphy's a guy, I think he has a lot of upside. He's a little bit raw, a little rough still, has some work to do. Uh, played in a hyper-aggressive scheme with Clemson where they're getting downhill all the time. And I, so I think he works for what Lou Anarumo wants to do there too. I think he'll look really good in some of their five-man fronts that they like to play. Uh, he provides some pass rush juice that Sam Hubbard just really never developed. And so Hubbard's out there playing a ton of snaps as a run defender, and that's fine. But bringing Murphy along really helps helps them there and add some juice to the other side of that, that, that defense. So I'm excited about that fit. I think it'll take him a little bit of time to kind of develop enough playing time or he would be IDP relevant, but certainly long-term upside. And if you, you're in a you know, medium to deep league and you're looking at de- defensive ends, especially if you're in a conventional position league, he's going to get the DE tag for sure. And, and so I, I'm really excited about him. I mean, and go Tigers is all I got to say. I'm a Clemson alum. And so I'm, <laughs> we'll be a, a homer tonight. <laughs> nice. Nice. Love it. Gary, what do you think? Do you like this landing spot? Yeah. I was actually disappointed. If, if you recall, uh, it was just last week when 
we were talking about him. I believe I mentioned up. I, I, I think he would have been a good fit with Cleveland. So I would have liked to have seen him across from Miles Garrett instead of put into this mix right now. So for immediate impact, what what can you think? We'll have to think about that for next week or something before we do some ranking. So I like the guy too. I was actually, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't go before Ness and, well, McDonald, McDowell, whatever the guy that went to the, yeah, the Jets, I don't know what that was about. Mm -hmm. I could even think of uh, a couple of these defensive tackles that I would have rather seen this dude maybe go to a 3-4 being an interior defensive dude. If I remember (laughs) right, he profiles straight as a defensive end. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no real outside linebacker to him, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I would have liked it better if he, he he would have been somewhere, even if it would have been the second fiddle in Cleveland to Miles Garrett, at least there would have been some upside this first year. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's that's the uh, first guy we're going to talk about. Next one, let's talk about the Saints getting defensive tackle Brian Brees. And the Saints, if any of you all recall, had a couple of their defensive tackles leaving the offseason. Anyamata, uh, I believe, moved on to the Falcons. They definitely need some help there. Yeah, there's there's an acute need for talent at, def- at the interior defensive line that I think that a lot of people aren't yet really truly 100% locked into. You just look at the amount of money that the guys like Deron Payne and Javon Hargrave made. And, and it's there's a real demand there. And the Saints, they had to go out there and pay like 15 million bucks to get two career backups and Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders to come in there. And they look like starters right out the gate. So they go and draft Proceed, who meets, in my opinion, still a huge need due to the lack of depth they have there. And Proceed has a whole lot more upside than either of these other two guys, Saunders and Shepard. Shepard's 30 years old and has never started. And so uh, it's interesting to see how much time it takes him to overtake those two guys. The, the knock on him is that he's young and he's underdeveloped. He tore an ACL in college. He missed some time last year. Uh, his, his sister died during the season, which was kind of good. Um, and so he's, he's had a you know, a kind of a, and then you add COVID to the mix too. And man, man, he's just had a kind of a rough college experience after being the top overall recruit in, in the country. But when he was on, I mean, he was just lights out. I mean, he was just a powerhouse of a guy, just burst and explosiveness and uh, can play anywhere from zero to five technique up and down the defensive line to help give them a little scheme flexibility there in the Saints um, that maybe show a little hybrid front action. So I, I'm really excited about the upside there. He he joins, uh, you know, with, with Isaiah Foskey getting drafted tonight, he joins an up-and-coming line that, you know, that Cameron Jordan needs someone to help him. You know, and he's probably reaching the end of the line. And yeah, I think that they have an interesting group now, and they're kind of building out that depth, which they want. The Saints want depth. They want to do some rotating. And they want some uh, some more legs in their pass rush than they had last year. And I think they're really heading in a great direction here. Uh, Gary? Well, definitely a rotation guy. Uh, he's not he's not going to be penciled in for me as somebody that I think is going to make an impact real soon. I think this is definitely a long-term, you know, mm-hmm. we're looking at third, fourth year guy, some of this other uh, older veterans, they got Shepard and a couple other guys. I'm not a hundred percent sure they're done adding. I would think looking at the roster that I'm looking at on ESPN, some more help. Maybe they're going to draft some more. 
The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is running a special Parlay of the Day contest for people who have bought their shades from ShadyRays.com and use the promo code SGPN. Each day of the NFL Draft, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network will release a Shady Rays Parlay of the Day. If the parlay hits, the cash will be awarded to one lucky listener. Head on over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com backslash Shady to start getting shady. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class products that are just as good as any expensive pair you've worn. They've got durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements policy. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they've told us that they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence, because they have your back long after you make the purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look and feel good. To date, they've donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair, or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusive for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Head over to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Yeah, and uh, defensive tackle, I, I feel like anyway, is kind of like the <laughs> tight, end, tight end of IDP. It's going to take a few years to develop, but... Man, when they do, guys like Jeffrey Simmons and Chris Jones and, uh, you know, DeForest Buckner, guys like that, they are worth their weight Mm -hmm. in gold. So, you know, if you can get this guy late in rookie drafts, that'd be okay. Where where would you spend capital-wise on someone like this in a rookie draft? I'd just like to be clear real quick, uh, because we're usually talking about standard leagues. So, but we've opened the doors lately, and, you know, we've had a year of this with me and John, so we're going to start talking deeper. Depends a little bit on the depth of your league, but I'm thinking if I could get this guy in the fourth round, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, just we've had a boatload of edges come off the board in the in the first two rounds, um, even the first fifty picks or so. In the defensive tackles, there's more. You know, there are years where there's not really even there's maybe one draft worthy defensive tackle, and this year I think we have at least three, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, you know that's that, that fourth round pick. I'm open to use on it. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important, and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, The fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations, so please, go and give what you can. And let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman, the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope by knowing we all really do care. Let's pick it back up with some Eagles talk, and the Eagles made all kinds of moves in the first round heading into the second unlike my Cowboys, and one of those was grabbing Nolan Smith, outside linebacker slash edge. 
another Georgia Bulldog, I believe, uh, adding to that defensive line that already almost set the single season sack record last year. So not great for uh, NFC East besides them, but thoughts on Nolan Smith? It's the comp that I've seen out there is Hassan Reddick. And so that's pretty interesting and the type of player that he could become. Uh, he's a, a lighter guy, not that edge-setting defensive end the way that Miles Murphy is. But uh, it, it was kind of interesting to see that a lot of folks thought that the Eagles would grab him at 10th overall, and then he lasts to 30th. They get him there. It reminded me a bit of Jermaine Johnson last year. I, I thought that 10th was high for Smith. He struck me. He reminded me a little bit of Aziz, Aziz Ojolari, who was another Georgia guy that slid a bit. And so there's some upside there. I still think there's some hope for Ojolari too to pan out and be an impactful player too. But like Ojolari, I would expect Smith to take a couple of years to develop. He'll play a smaller role. Uh, he's got Brandon Graham still ahead of him. Josh Sweat's going to be the lead guy there. So it's going to take a couple of years for him to really emerge as an IDP force too. And and he, I guess he probably needs Reddick to move on to get some of those Sam snaps that um, that would really make him more of a of a three-quarter time player that he would need to be that where you want to count on him week in and week out. I'm a little bit disappointed the Saints didn't like grab him. Uh, they just, you know, they don't really have any super depth there. So I, I likened him to a Michael Parsons light. I agree. More outside linebacker than, you know, setting the edge big man defensive end. I would have liked to have seen him there. With Philadelphia, I, I have no complaints. I mean, they got it. What they do, they did a Devin Taylor a while back, and then they just did a Dean and Kobe Dean, and now they've gotten a hold of Mr. Smith. So I think Morrow is probably numbered if Smith can catch on quickly. we got to think about what they did with Dean in Philadelphia last year and assume the same here this year. Right. Might take him a while to get on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the rich get richer with the Eagles, no doubt. Let's uh, let's move on to the Chiefs here. And the Chiefs let Frank Clark go in the offseason. They're trying to find someone to pair with Karloftis. And they drafted Felix Enudike Uzama towards the end of the first round. Thoughts on this guy? Yeah, highly productive guy in college. Uh, it's That it doesn't quite have that same kind of... Uh, size, speed, power combination that, um, that some of the other guys in the first round have. It makes me wonder if they got sniped between uh, Miles Murphy and and Nolan Smith coming off the board right before them. There was a lot of chatter that they wanted to move up and try to grab one of the receivers in the big wide receiver run that happened about 10 picks earlier. And so they take a guy that's, that's a local guy. He's from Kansas City and went to Kansas State. And so, you know, that's it's kind of a nice story that, I don't know how much upside this guy has. You know, he might be a high motor guy that's out there. But, you know, I, I did take him in like a second round of a pre-draft mock, IDP mock that we did at Football Guys that Kyle Belfield headed up. I don't know that my opinion is drastically improved with him on Kansas City. I mean, you got to like the draft capital. You got to like his path to playing time. Uh, he's going to be in a rotation with um, with Charles Amenehu and Carl Loftus is you know, none of those guys seem like super high upside guys. They're all guys that are out there that are, are trying to make, trying to keep contain and, and not trying to destroy quarterbacks. And so I'm not super excited about it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly interesting. I'm certainly something worth watching. I like Karofalus. Oh, did I say that right? There's no way I said that right, John. No, <laughs> no, not even. Trip's shaking his head, folks. You Cl- close enough. Close not, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually like him. I'm hoping that he, he can, can carry some of that momentum that he had last year towards the end of the year 
They slimmed him down. Maybe he's going to be the guy that replaces Frank Clark. Maybe this dude is going to be in the interior defensive line uh, next to Chris Jones. It's the scheme. Frank Clark wasn't worth a shit. The only guy off this defensive line you want is Chris Jones. True enough there. True enough there. Uh, All righty. So we'll try and save the corners for last because I know they're Gary's least favorite. So let's move (laughs) on to another defensive end. Uh, The Saints in, I believe, the second round drafted Isaiah Foskey. Never heard of this guy. What do I need to know, Tripp? Well, he's he's the other upside guy, good athlete. The Saints like to draft athletes, and that's why you have Brissy on the team. That's why that's why they come up with Foskey. I had Foskey mocked to the Saints in the third round in the football guys uh, mock draft, and so obviously they're really high on this guy. And he's a guy that I think could fill out and replace Cam Jordan in time. He looks decent as a pass rusher. Looks like he had a little bit of refinement in his tools. Has a ways to go to be a solid edge defender and and run defender the way Cam Jordan does. So a lot of work to do, but. He seems to have the size and frame to do it. So uh, another guy like he and Bersia, the two guys, those two guys can kind of build out, and th- there's some real upside with this defensive line. So that's an interesting pick, and you know I think he fits real well. Uh, our man Joey the Tooth, uh, Joe Hagan, uh, he's real high on Foskey too. I think he right. said he has Foskey as his edge seven or something like that. And that's roughly where I think he's the edge eight actually in the NFL draft. So that's just about right. And uh, so there's some long-term upside there. In fact, if you ha- you know, you're asking me to pick for fantasy, I think I'm probably ranking this guy up ahead of Anadike Uzama, despite the difference in, you know, what is it, about eight picks, ten picks? The IDP Pros Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball games, they've also got NFL best ball contests with guaranteed half a million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by the NFL Draft Props Contest. Part of SGPN's Draft Week is holding a free NFL Draft Props Contest exclusively for the members of our discord it's completely free to join and the winner gets 250 dollars in cash and a 50 dollars gift card to the sgpn merch store head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash discord and go to the nfl channel for the sign up link i can see him fit in there and uh giving peyton turner some serious competition Peyton Turner struggled to stay on the field. He's been a high draft capital guy the last couple of years. They just got done ditching Davenport after some miserable years or seasons with him. He was either healthy or he wasn't healthy. So the guy I'm interested in is Carl Grandison to begin with. This guy's probably going to fit in there. I, as a rotational player, he actually could be that third rotational player, depending on Peyton Turner and what happens with him. And that's a total wild guess, in my opinion. Uh, playing across from uh, Cameron Jordan's only going to offer so much, but don't be surprised. We, we've seen him move uh, Cameron Jordan to the strong side and give Davenport the weak side to rush and the blind side uh, on a lot of snaps. And I wouldn't be surprised if Granderson gets that same opportunity. As far as this rookie, I'd see him as a rotational player for at least 2023, and he has upside. All right, the Seattle Seahawks, who drafted Derek Hall outside linebacker. They they certainly need some linebacker help. 
said they needed that help, right? They were relying on Shana Nuosa to play a ton of snaps last year. He was the only guy that looked like a competent edge rusher. You know, Daryl Taylor just doesn't look like he's going to pan out. And then you got <laughs> Deboy and Mafe, and Mafe was an interesting prospect, real high athlete. Can some consider real high upside, but he has a long way to go. He's only been playing football, organized football for a couple of years, as I recall. And so they could bring in a guy here who's a bit more refined, at least as a prospect and explosive player, not much of an an edge setter, but I think could fit this kind of the three, four system that Seattle has switched to pretty well. And uh, in a guy that can move around and uh, they could take take all these guys, Nuoso and this guy and, and Mafe and, and, and kind of mix and match with their con- edge combinations. So it's an interesting pick in terms of the longer term fantasy upside. You're talking about a guy that's six foot three, 254 pounds is that's, you would want to wait on this too. You know, we're probably not going to have any first, any guys here that we get drafted tonight that you would want to plug in your lineup right away. But I do right. think he's, he's, you know, similar to Mafe last year. If you're able to land a guy like this in the fifth, the fifth round and, and sit on him for a bit, then, you know, if you're in the league with that kind of depth, then that's, that's pretty interesting. I think I would do that. The killer here is Seattle for me. I, you know, Taylor, Mafia, whatever, you know, develop somebody that can get bit off the edge and get to the damn quarterback. You know, pressures and rotation, it's all pretty. Guys blurting out certain games, good, good stats. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. I'm not interested. I mean, it's a fair point, right? But when's the last time Seattle really developed a good yeah. pass rusher? I mean, it's really yeah. been since Frank Clark. He says they yeah. had a guy that Who? developed. Oh, yeah, that's, that that's right. I, I said that, and Gary flipped out on me. I was like, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah, Frank half, Clark. That, that fart, that fart he had right before he got paid. I got yeah, exactly. That. Got himself a big payday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to switch gears real quick here and talk our first corner. Because I want to get Tripp's take on why Joey Porter, cornerback, who went to Pittsburgh, seemingly fell. I, you know, from from my limited paying attention to this, you know, I heard that he was a first round guy. What happened here? Well, we were talking about it a little bit last night on the IDP guy stream, and your uh, Ricky Rodriguez was, was 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 noticing that the top three corners were all guys that had good ball skills, all guys with interceptions and probably pass breakups too. And you Devin Witherspoon broke up like fourteen passes in college and had a handful of picks. And Forbes was a guy that was taking picks back to the house. Was so, and I think that's the difference. You got a guy who's a you know who doesn't who doesn't have that production. I don't. Think, I think Ricky was saying he didn't have any interceptions this past year in college, and so he slides a little bit. It it's just kind of shows the a slightly change of, of preference in the NFL. Uh, it's it, there's still some teams that are kind of looking for the big press man t- cover types, but if you don't have the ball skills, I mean that that seems to have taken precedent. Mm-hmm. You take Forbes, who has weighs all, 166 pounds, and and the fact that he's able to go second of the second quarterback is is really interesting. Nevertheless, I mean Porter was being mocked to Pittsburgh left and right, and so it reeks a little bit of the Jer- Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa situation where everybody thought he was going to the first of the Browns, he ended up going to the second of the Browns, and so it's a nice landing spot. I think it's decent for IDP too. It's a, you know Porter has the has the build to be a useful tackler, so it's something to pay attention to. And Pittsburgh does not have many corners that I feel like are locked in. So he might right. see playing time pretty quickly. Right away. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's it got? Peterson and Witherspoon? Levi Wallace is Levi. over there. Yeah. yeah oh, well, leave it up to ESPN to leave Levi Wallace like the last guy on the depth chart, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were starting some r- random guys last year. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah that's probably and- how you ended up there. And, and I know it's your least favorite position, Gary, but any thoughts? No, on no, that? go right Jimmy ahead, Porter? man. It's not about me. It's about the content. 
<laughs> okay. All right. We'll keep it moving then. Ah, uh, morning. Nothing like waking up to crying kids, hungry pets, and an angry alarm clock. All a football fan wants is to get your kids to school, feed the dogs, and clock in at the office, and then you can finally settle in and enjoy a moment of peace with your morning cup of coffee. And you are just in time for the SGPN IDP Pro Manager Podcast, nice. which your idiot league mates haven't yet discovered. Ha! Let Brad, Craig, and Gary start your day with all the reliable IDP information you need. Money. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the SGPN Fantasy Football YouTube channel, where your SGPN IDP pros know exactly what you need. Awesome. Besides another cup of coffee. Darn. All right, let's move on to the Cardinals then. They uh, added to their already somewhat crowded linebacker room with B.J. Ojolari, who is an outside linebacker, so it won't affect the inside guys. But uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals, new linebacker. Thoughts on Mr. Ojolari? Oh, did you see that um, Zayvon Collins is practicing with the outside linebackers in the last uh, in the minicamp that they had right before the draft? That was oh, pretty interesting news. We'll see if yeah. anything comes to that. But, um, yeah, he was out there with Cam Thomas and MyJ Sanders and – like you said, it's a you know it's a, it's a bit of a crowd at that, but it's a bunch of guys, right? I just there's nobody in there that's exciting. Ojolari has a chance to come in there and just from a situational standpoint, he has come his chance to come in there and make hay right away, which is kind of interesting. And I think he's a guy that maybe offers a little bit more than just pass rush, which is which may be his ticket to getting on the field if he can show just a little bit and run support and in coverage. It may be productive guy. I mean, now granted, Arizona is still going to have a terrible defense, so it's not like they're going to be flooding <laughs> the line the line of scrimmage and, and piling up sacks. But it's it's kind of an interesting fit. I mean, I just. It's when we got come into ranking here, the draft capital might might um, we, I might not be ranking these in the same order they were drafted. So I, I'm I'm a little bit more interested in this guy than maybe a couple of these other guys. Uh, and then of course we're talking picks apart, right? I mean, it's just amazing how many edges were picked. I think there were like what five or six in about a ten pick span. Yeah, and and designation's huge with this too. I mean, sure. all all these OLBs, DEs, great, wonderful. L- <clears throat> love love some of these spots. It depends what they're listed as when we get to the fantasy season. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. just because I'm, such a crapshoot. It's like who knows anymore. <laughs> I was surprised to open up ESPN's depth chart again, and I don't know when the fuck this happened, but Zayvon Collins is actually listed as a uh, left defensive end for. Him. <laughs> We have Kaiser wow. White in at middle. Like, if you're playing standard leagues and you're not used to playing and depth charts are way off and shit, just as ass nine. So be careful. <laughs> David Collins is not a defensive end. He might be an outside linebacker rusher or something, but I can't imagine them though. I can't, you know, three no. down. Yeah. They got uh, Kaiser White in there next to Simmons. You know, we see this all the time. It's not going to hurt to have Simmons know how to do all that shit. Along with Collins, Collins was a lot better inside linebacker than he, than Simmons, in my opinion. This is Simmons has the better coverage skills. They're playing around a little bit. It makes yeah. them matching to see what works. Yeah. Good. Any interest in uh, Ojolari, Gary? Uh, no, it's got some development for him. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can dot these guys, and I'm going to say it again. If you listen to me at ten o'clock, if you're at this point right here. And even the deepest dynasty leagues, I'm still going to suggest that you go and you get tight end three. You could get that running back three. You could get that uh, wide receiver three. And then if they don't work out, they don't work out. If they hit big, you hit big. And then when the waiver wire opens up the first month, you're going to be able to find all these other guys that slipped through the cracks. And you're going to be able to drop those wide receiver threes that just flopped. 
and pick up probably just as good or better than what you're passing right here, at least for the first couple of years at this stage. I'm going to go offense. I'm going to go dirty freaking O at this point. Right. In general, it is a lot easier to replace IDP. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Let's uh, move on to the Lions, who they've they've had a draft so far. Not not a good one, but they've had a draft so far, and they picked up. Safety. <laughs> you didn't like this draft, man. Really, take, taking yeah. a running back in the first what was it, twelve picks or whatever, when mm-hmm. they just paid David Montgomery eighteen million dollars, uh, and they got Swift there. No, I didn't like that. <laughs> you didn't hear about my mock draft with SGPN, and they, when it was sitting in sixth, uh, Bijan Robinson was still in there. So I mocked him, took him. Yeah, they, it, you know. right. It, it wasn't Bijan, though. That's <laughs> right, right. But it was still a running back. First pick uh, they had. I don't know, man. After, I, well, after trading down. All the Lions I, fans I've I talked to, that. they're not happy. The Lions fans I've talked to. But they just drafted yeah. Brian Branch safety in an already uh, maybe a little bit crowded safety room. Uh, let's start with Trip. What do you think happens here? Does this guy play anytime soon? Is this a depth move? Uh, what is this? You talked about it being a crowded safety room. It is if everybody is healthy, but as we know, they're not, right? you got Tracy Walker coming off an Achilles, and the Lions have had mixed results trying to get people back from Achilles. You know, two guys last year now. You know, Romeo Aquara barely, barely stuck on the roster, and Okuda's gone. You got Kirby Joseph out there. kind of made some hay as a free safety, and uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I think what's interesting about this is both Gardner-Johnson and Brian Branch are guys that show a lot of flexibility in being able to show all three of those uh, safety alignments, the slot, the, the box, and the deep alignment. And then you've got Cam Sutton on top of that, who has some slot inside-outside flexibility as a cornerback. And it enables the, the Lions to do a lot of interesting things with their personnel and and maybe really disguise some coverages in a way that could really give fit, folks fits. So I kind of like that pick for the Lions from a football standpoint. It's really interesting. Uh, it, it certainly, it's not a huge need there, but it, it may, I don't know if it speaks to Tracy Walker's health. It certainly has got to, to some extent, or, or what they think of Kirby Joseph. Uh, maybe they're a team that's running three safeties all the time because an awful lot of folks thought that they were going Devin Witherspoon at six, and they didn't. And then they didn't, obviously, because they couldn't. They got sniped. But they haven't come back and addressed the situation after that, too. So I mean, now you got Emmanuel Mosley, Cam Sutton, and I guess Jerry Jacobs out there at corner. And so it's not exactly an elite group. It's It screams of zone and safeties interchangeability and so it's kind of interesting I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do now from an idp standpoint you can't get too excited because now you're going to have not just anzalone but you've got this uh, jack campbell in front of them too and it's like and how many tackles are there going to be to go around for these back end guys so if, you know with the lions you know apparently they're going to run 60 percent of the time so they're mm-hmm. able to control the clock in a way they'll keep that defense off the oh, field yeah. <laughs> Right. I still like my running back. I, 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 I'm not all in on Montgomery being a full-time guy. We already know that they didn't have a draft pick uh, workout just recently with a running back. I, I like this. I like this kid. I think they're going to anyways, get that dirty out of here. I guess I shouldn't even go there. I can't believe you guys are just bad influences is what it is. <laughs> you do realize that, right? Crowd in that secondary up there, but uh, I think I got a simple <laughs> Simple explanation. I think they've got a big board, and they stuck to it. Doesn't matter who nails there. They're taking them. That's how they build it. I, I love what they did this so far. I mean, I, I, granted, they might have passed up on a couple players. I would have rather seen, you know, fall there as it is. Hey, it's working. They're, they're winning a little bit, right? 
Yeah, I was. What the, I find interesting about this draft so far is there are some teams that ha- say we're going to draft for need, mm-hmm. and you know, like the Seahawks, for example, right? They they took two players in that first round. They didn't do it in the second round, but in the first round, they took two players where there's clearly a need, and they scratched niche. And then there are other teams that draft players like with Jameer Gibbs, where they're just trying to make a strength stronger. And I remember them, somebody saying that about the Chiefs a couple of years ago, how you know, like Creed Humphrey, they just kept investing resources in that offense. Like, we're just going to carry the defense, and you know, hopefully the defense will get better. And and so it's interesting to see those teams. That, I noticed this last year with inside linebackers. It's like the teams that seem to not need inside linebackers would take them, and the teams that seem to need them wouldn't. And so, yeah. you know, all the teams that had, you know, the high drafted rookies were primarily guys that were playing two full-time linebackers. And so those guys were all blocked, but it's because that they want more depth and more talent at inside linebacker than, than the teams that are ignoring the position. So an interesting, interesting divergence of approaches between some of these teams, the way they attack things. And so Detroit seemingly needing a quarterback, I guess they've decided that they've adequately address the situation in free agency and they'll and they'll put the rookie picks in positions that possibly can get on the field faster and be and be productive than say edge or um you know corner them you can corner the field pretty quick too normally but it's just an interesting roster construction approach oh no i'm not following that john you balls will go ahead dude <laughs> no no worries no worries yeah and, and they are getting better they they are getting better they've uh, had a much better season last year so who are we to say right ever notice these days how things have changed with sports entertainment suddenly everyone is edgy and they don't mind offending people with offensive words it's everywhere podcasts to radio to primetime tv all i want are nfl defensive player reports maybe a quick update on the best streaming corners and yet i have to hear about the dirty o that's right. Offensive player discussions and hot takes blocking my path to the sweet, sweet defensive information I need. Bullshit. That was until I found the IDP Pro Players Podcast. And now, unless the IDP Pro's John or Gary mess up, Uh-oh. I know I'm not going to be offended by their no-dirty-o approach. Damn. So take my word for it. Catch the Sports Gambling IDP Pro Player Podcast every week and leave the dirty-o behind. So if you or someone you know has an IDP degenerate problem, that's terrific. And the fantasy move to make is to go follow a couple of the best veterans in the fantasy football industry. That was on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R-O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Oh, yeah. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about another safety here. So the commanders drafted Jatavius Martin. What does that safety core look like? Well, this guy's, you know, kind of a, a tweener, right? So it's it's another interesting guy. Maybe he's in there to play some slot too. Uh, so it, it's he kind of mixes the. And this is something they badly needed in, in Washington. They they tried two or three different guys that were kind of truly cornerbacks to play in the slot last year, and they were all they were all busts. I mean, they just couldn't get a guy to stick. And so they ended up showing the three safety looks. They moved Bobby McCain into the slot and brought in Derek Forrest as a full-time player who had opened the season as their Buffalo nickel. And so I think that you know, this is an interesting choice and in that that gives them that flexibility. So they get Forbes out there. Kendall Fuller has some inside-outside flexibility. I think Benjamin St. Juice was is an adequate a more but more of a boundary corner, a bigger guy to run with the longer receivers. And now you've got a guy here that is able to complement uh, the safety room and give them some more flexibility. I, I don't think from an IDP standpoint he's a real asset. I think Forrest and Curl continue to be the, the priorities there from you know the guys that are making the tackles. But he helps that room a good bit and, and provides them, fills a hole that they clearly had that they, last year that needed to be addressed. 
ESPN has directly moved Forrest into a depth free safety. And oh, wow. In there. Yeah. So be aware. Interesting. Right. You can't trust any right. depth chart in the offseason. No, 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 no. that, that's no, no, for no, no, sure. No, no, no. So the Steelers have picked up a defensive tackle to maybe address their older population of defensive tackles with Cam Haylard and Larry Ogunjobi with Keanu Benton. You know, this is just addressing a big need there. This, this is a defense. It's just amazing how shallow they've allowed themselves to be over the last couple of years. They've got TJ Watt and Alex Heisman mm-hmm. playing enormous numbers of snaps. They got the same thing is true with Hayward and Ogunjobi. And it's just it's interesting to see the names on the starting lineup. You think, oh, this must be a pretty good defense. And in reality, they're just you know they're, they're t- terrible at run defense. A couple of years ago, they were better last year, but um, it's certainly a place that they needed to invest. And I don't know if this guy has a you know ton of a fantasy upside. You know, but I, in fact, I don't think I'd probably go out there and draft him. But uh, he's certainly a guy that <clears throat> uh, you know adds some power and some and some stoutness at the point of attack, which I think is pretty important. So more of an NFL call than a fantasy call for me. It would have to be one hell of a deep roster for me. I think Trip pretty well hit it all. Once Cameron Hayward leaves, Ogan Joby's done all right, but is he really produced? Is he? I think he was banged up a little bit last year. There's nothing appealing. This is one of those interior defensive lines. Once Hayward leaves, it's basically you concentrate on this defensive edge because that's what they do. And I think this was probably a wasteful pick and they could have done better and just went ahead and got some more uh, free agents or something. I, I, I'm not excited about this for the team either. I, I'm just not. I'm looking at Mari Watts. Uh, loud, louder milk last year actually played a little bit. Didn't do too bad for him. I think he's in his second or third year. Uh, Montavious Adams. I mean, there's a few veteran names on here, and it's enough that I don't know if Bitten's going to have a role for the next couple of years. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe a work in progress, but something to keep an eye on, no doubt. And we've got another defensive tackle. Uh, The Bears, who certainly need help on the line, all across the line, drafted Gervon Dexter. They've drafted two D tackles at about 20 pick span here at this, if you don't mind my adding Zach Pickens, because he's the guy I'm more interested in for fantasy. Dexter's the he's the guy that's out there that's going to play the nose tackle, sort of like the Grover Stewart role in Indianapolis. Well, Zach Pickens would be would shape up as the as the DeForest Buckner role. And it's the three technique that really makes that defense run. And so I, I, for a third round pick, I, it's you know, hard to be interested in for an IDP third round pick on the defensive line. But Pickens is the one I'm interested in here. I think Gervin Dexter could be safely ignored. He might be a decent NFL player, but he's not a guy I'm going to invest a pick in. Pickens is that at 301 is that's pretty interesting. I, that's I couldn't ask for a much better landing spot for this guy. He's a guy that kind of everybody knew was more of a day two guy. And, and boy, the, the, it's a nice spot for him. And the Bears, I think, uh, got a good one there. I'm just writing it down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is there is there something to be said for that? That they're so thin that this guy's likely going to start start early and play a lot, and availability is the best ability. And just by being out there a lot, it'll you know fall into some production. Uh, well, that's a fair point. I, so I, I I just kind of ignored who's on the roster now. I I don't know how long it takes these guys to overtake the starters. Uh, there's not much here, man. There's I not mean, much. Got, but they you got Andrew Billings. Andrew Billings. Josh. Justin Jones, mm-hmm. 
I think that Andrew Billings is That's a it. function of those times. Right. So these guys, I think they open the season behind them. It's a matter of how quickly can they overtake them because neither of those guys are formidable talents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about guys that are being taken and, you know, pick 50, pick 64. Those guys are not – you don't expect those guys to come and play right away. They're guys that are going to take time to develop. They work into a rotation. And you, you hope, if you're the Bears, you hope that they really take a big step forward in, in year two and overtake those free agent signings that they have there and, and really emerge. Because if they do, all of a sudden you've got a young, cheap, stout defensive line, and that's mm-hmm. a real game changer. When you've got the you know TJ Edwards and, and Terrell Edmonds – not Terrell – Tremaine Edmonds behind him, you know, they, they want those guys really just to kind of occupy blockers and keep the mm-hmm. linebackers clean for the time being. But, but Pickens is the one we know that Jones doesn't have a lot of upsides pass rusher, Justin Jones, but maybe Pickens does. And that's, what's kind of intriguing to me. All that being said, sometimes these day two defenders, they're really easy to trade for in year two or year three. I mean, you can almost always get them at cost. And so you don't really need to stash them unless you're in a really deep and sophisticated league. So, so it's just something that's kind of interesting and worth noting down, I think. Gary, any thoughts? <laughs> no, not. Roll on, man. I have nothing to add to that. He, he nailed it. What the hell? Whatever you yeah. want to act like he just ended. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. All righty. Let's pick it up with the Chargers then, who added outside linebacker Tuli, Tuli Potu. Thoughts on this guy? Is this going to be like a, an outside linebacker edge guy, a Joe, you know, to pair with Joey Bosa? Or is this an actual linebacker? I have no idea. Trip, what do you think? Yeah, he's he's a he's a more of a Bosa type of a guy. He has inside outside flexibility. He played up and down the anywhere from three tech on out to nine tech at at, uh, at Southern Cal. And so, and Bosa, if y'all recall, came into the NFL as a as a three four defensive end and is now playing more of a outside linebacker role. If he, you know, he's an outside linebacker by virtue of there's about six blades of grass between him and the line of scrimmage when he stands up. You know, so <laughs> uh, so in that sense, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's a pass rusher, and you know, Khalil Mack is there, and Khalil Mack doesn't look as effective. He doesn't look like the dominant presence he once was, and they needed some talent at that spot, and so that's this Thule guy is an interesting player. Max in Max defense, mm-hmm. I mean. They leaned on him so hard last year. Boza was all messed up, right? Again. Yeah. So, I mean, God, I kind of feel <laughs> it would have been a different situation if he could have had a half healthy Boza getting the whole entire season in. That's fair. Uh, not a lot of depth behind him and stuff. So, and that's what this pick is. Yeah. The time being for sure. Gotcha. So uh, we're so we're still looking at uh, you know inside linebacker wise, it looks like Kendricks with all the production and mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray a distant afterthought. It would appear. I'm not drafting him. Is anybody? I mean, he could be in a deep dynasty league. Okay, so you got Kenneth Murray. Give me one second. I want to think of someone else. Give me two shitty. Basically, that's what I'm coming up with. Is two shitty choices. How about is he who's playing linebacker in, in, in New England? Jawan Bentley, yeah. All right, Jawan Bentley or Murray Jr. right now. If you had to make the choice, oh, Bentley, like, Bentley easily, yeah, yeah. So, damn, that was too easy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though that's that's mm. crazy, I wouldn't take Bentley, I wouldn't take Murray. I I'd take a wide receiver three. I'm fucking around. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 see if they address it. I, I was more of an afterthought there. Let's uh let's move on to the Eagles who actually grabbed a safety, Sydney Brown. What is the thoughts on that trip? What do you think? 
Uh, this guy's a, a deeper guy. Uh, he's an uh, interesting safety with some range and uh, you know needs needs a little bit of polish. And he comes in there to compete with a a room full of guys. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure he starts. He could he could come and start right away, but you don't really expect him to as a third round pick. But the guys that he has to overcome on the depth chart are not real impressive. He has Terrell Edmonds. It is Terrell this time. I forget the other guy. There's another free agent they Devon got. Devon Wallace, like Reed Blankenship. Well, I was thinking of the free agent signing, but I think Reed Blankenship is in good position to start. Oh, Justin Evans. Justin Evans, yeah, and he's you know he's he's just a guy. So he's just depth, more of a special teams type of a guy. So it, it, clear path to playing time. The question is, is is can he come in and do it? You know, Kayvon Wallace was similar, right? Clear path to playing time, didn't make it happen. Uh, but Brown is certainly a better prospect prospect than Kayvon Wallace is. You know, I'm mildly intrigued by that from an NFL standpoint, but I, I'm just expecting these safeties just to to really sit back and not do a lot because they need to. See, they're you know you're going to have um, um, Sean Desai there. It's a strict left right defensive scheme. Uh, these there's not going to be a preference for one or the other in the box. I think he's really going to focus on building out his coverages and getting pressure with four. And why not, right? With all the investments mm-hmm. they have in the defensive line, it would be crazy to spend time rushing five and six and and leaving these guys plus their older cornerbacks on the back end exposed. So, yeah, this is these are guys that are going to sit back and play conservatively. I'm going to make a wild ass call here. John Johnson plays for Philadelphia by the preseason. Boom. Done. That's it. <laughs> Wouldn't be shocking. They, they seem to be grabbing everything else of value. So. The IDP Pro Players Pod is also presented by IDPGuys.org, where managers and fans can further fear fantasy football knowledge into the depths of Dynasty, individual defensive players, super flex, and beyond. That was IDPGuys.org, where they do way more than just defensive football. And we'll wrap it up tonight with a little chatter on the linebacker situation for the Patriots who drafted apparently inside linebacker Marte Mapu. Trip thoughts on this? It's kind of a deep sleeper in a lot of circles that he's a guy that's kind of a, a, a strong safety. And so what's happening here is they're bringing in depth behind guys like Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar. And a guy's 6'3", 217. And yeah, he played linebacker Sacramento Damn. State, but that's, you know, not exactly what you're looking for. He totally, you know, not the 250-pound oxes like Elandon Roberts and Juwan Bentley, like the Patriots typically like. So this guy is just adding depth to kind of tweener linebacker safety role that they have there. So I, the only reason you're interested in him for IDP is if he gets a safety designation, and then he's worth watching to see what happens with him uh, as, a, as an inside linebacker, but there's no, there's no future there. <clears throat> Man. People that's listened to the 10 a.m. and the 9 o'clock show have got to be disappointed with my love throughout this process. So I'm really glad Trip has been really on it because I've said it before and I'm going to repeat it again. I'm not interested in anything that the Patriots draft on defense. Uh, yeah. I feel that most of them, if you, if you ain't Kyle Duger in the last 10 years, name me a defensive player rookie that did anything his first year. Second year, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. I mean, that's they just this might be an outlier. This could be an outlier. This yeah. might be a really nice dynasty one because Phillips and them, you know, Kyle Duger needs somebody in there. If it ain't Peppers, I'm all for it. So I would probably dot a little bit of them in some dynasty. 
something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, that about wraps it up for us tonight, gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much, Trip, for coming on. It, it was awesome, man, uh, as always. Yeah, well, I really appreciate y'all having me on. It's just a blast to come on and talk football. And, and uh, it's just kind of think about, hear what other people are thinking about some of these prospects and getting an immediate reaction is a lot of fun. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm over at footballguys.com, as y'all know. And I, my first efforts here as we get into the, uh, the month of May here with some reactions are to think about some of these new defensive coordinators. And now that we have rookies too, I think I would like to start with Philadelphia and try to imagine what that defense will look like and how it will influence and impact the, the, the personnel that they have from a fantasy perspective. It's something I've been doing for a few years. Uh, it's, I get to as many teams as I can get to, but really enjoy doing it because it's really fun to think about and, and watch some, you know, what Desai was doing in Chicago a couple years ago mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how having more talent might play into that scheme here. So I'm excited about that. And then to pro probably be doing some roundtables with some IDP landing spots and whatnot too with the entire crew over there. So it's a, oh, I got to do rankings too, right? It's, it's a robust right. team over there. It's a lot of fun to be on. It's just, I'm really happy to play a small role on a big team. Uh, just nice. a, such a pro professional team over there, football guys. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Gary, pleasure as always. Uh, Gary, you want to take us out? Trip, I'd like to get you back on here later in the summer again, as always, is good shit. And if we think about this is uh, what? One former IDP guy and two. Yeah, we got IDP guys everywhere, don't we? All right. <laughs>